0: And hello, everybody. Welcome to FSU Coach Live. My name is Tim Baghurst, and today's special guest is Clayton Harrell. He is the executive director of the High School Broyles Award. Clayton, thanks so much for joining me. If you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit how you got into this job in the first place.
1: Absolutely. First of all, Tim, thank you. Uh, exciting uh, to be able to share uh, the you know the passion behind the High School Broyles Award and. and you know where it came from and how it started. and uh, but but for me, i I was an athletic director for thirteen years in Texas and then in Arkansas, uh, and then uh, kind of kind of stepped away from that world. And uh, about two years ago, or maybe a year and a half ago, um, you know I, I was asked if hey, would would you help run the high school girlss award? And so uh, they they had started it in conjunction with the College girlss Award, which has been around for twenty six years. And so the high school has only been around for three. Um, and so just just, you know, when you're in the high school world for as many years as I am and, and or was and, and had the connections. And uh, so getting this out into other states, uh, they started with three states. And, and now uh, for 2022, we'll, we'll be in 40 plus states. And so we're, we're really excited about that. Uh, you know, my journey getting there was uh, I mean, just amazing. And. Um, thank God for that and just the opportunities to be able to meet the, the people that I've met and come in contact with and some of these great coaches and uh, their wives. It's just been amazing. So,
0: Yeah, coming from the position of an athletic director, a lot of organizational skills, et cetera, a lot of negotiating with with different people. I'm guessing that now that you're in this kind of position, those are some of the skills that you have to have when you're running sports organizations like this one? Oh, it, it, you know, it, I tell everybody it doesn't
1: matter what industry or business you're in. It, it comes down to relationships. Mm-hmm. And and you hear the saying relationships matter. They do. Um, you know, when I was an athletic director, my relationships with my head coaches mattered. I had to trust them to to run their programs. Because <laughs> you were an athletic director, you can't coach baseball and basketball and football and soccer and golf and volleyball and tennis, you're swimming. You, you can't, right? You, you hire people who you trust to do those jobs. And it's the same thing in business, right? You, you, you develop relationships with people um, and, and that's how you gain trust. And, and um, you know, the coaching part of it, I always tell head coaches, you're not, you're as good as your assistants are. And so find those assistants, Um, who have great qualities and characteristics, but more importantly, relationships matter. And and it's more than just a relationship between the coaches. It's relationship with, with the athletes. You have to have those solid relationships with, with your athletes to to be able to build that trust and to be able to build your programs and and, and have
0: success. It's, It's interesting that you talked about assistant coaches, finding people who are better or as good as you. That requires a little bit of humility as a coach recognizing that you may be hiring people who are more brilliant or better at what they're doing than you are, which in its own way makes you really good at what you do. I Listen, I, you know, when, when I
1: was an athletic director and I was young, I think I became an athletic director at 26. And so when you're that age and you become an athletic director, you think you know everything. Mm -hmm. And in reality, I can look back and man, I didn't know anything. (laughs) Uh, And so it, it took a few years to realize, you know, I want to hire the best people that that make this program better. And and one of the things that, that Coach Broyles, you know, when, when he became a head coach, was he wanted to make sure his assistants felt like he had their best interests. He pushed them to pursue their dreams. And when I hired coaches and assistant coaches, you know, uh, all the questions I would ask them is, where do you want to be in three to five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? How do we get you there? Right. What What can I do? And, you know, as as a head coach, when when I coached at the high school level, I, you know, if if I was good at, at the offensive side or, you know, because I was a basketball coach. And so if I was good at, you know, setting up press or defense, I made sure my assistants knew the other stuff a lot better. You know, I was not great at breaking down film just because of time. And so I made sure I brought guys on who loved it. Right. They love breaking down film. They love breaking down the opponent's strengths and weaknesses. And so. Those are the type of things that you know. When you're a head coach and you're athletic director and you look for people to bring onto your staff, they really excel in, in some areas, and it it makes your program better. I mean, you got to think about it. if you're an assistant, if you're an offensive minded coach, right? You don't know. I mean, it's not that you don't know much about defense. Wouldn't you want to bring someone in who knows more about defense than you that can make your defense better? And I get from from a from a program standpoint, you know, well, if the defense is better than the offense. But at the end of the day you're both tasked to win games, right? At at the college level, at the high school level, it's, it's, you know, you want to be successful, but it's about building up young men and women to becoming, you know, better humans and, 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 you know, be in the community and, uh, you know, representing your program well. So, yeah, I mean, it, you have to have some humility and, you know, that was just, uh, that was never an issue with me on, on, you know, I want to hire the best baseball coach. I want to hire the best football coach. I, I mean, if football is better than basketball, great. If, you know, softball is better than uh, than, than baseball, okay. Like, you know, let's, let's make each program better. Let's go out and get the best people we can get to make those programs as, as good as they can be.
0: Now, you're part of the Broyles Award, and anybody who knows college football will know what that is maybe less so high school and especially people outside of of football in Arkansas may not know who Frank Broyles was as a an Arkansas alum I know can you just give us a little history about this award and and what it means to to people who receive it Uh, absolutely so so my wife Molly
1: is the granddaughter of Frank Broyles and so my mother-in-law is the youngest daughter of Frank Broyles and so that's kind of how I got, um, you know, into this award and, and uh, you know, I knew who Frank Burles was growing up in Texas, being an LSU, uh, you know, uh, fanatic. And, and so I, I I'm knew who sorry. Frank Burles was. I'm sorry, LSU. That's okay. Boy. Hey, so, so I knew who Frank Burles was, but you're right. When I talked to states um, about, you know, getting on board with with, you know, selecting one winner from their state at the high school level, some of them don't know who Frank Burroughs was. They've never heard of the Frank Burroughs Award. And so educating on them. And, you know, I don't know how many people know the story of, of where his passion for wanting to, you know, really have great assistance, You know, he was an assistant at Georgia Tech where he played. And, you know, the story is, is that the Texas athletic director called Bobby Dodd and said, hey, would Frank be interested in the Texas job? This is right before they hired Daryl Royal. We don't know if they had hired. Frank or not, it doesn't matter. But the point was is that, you know, Bobby Dodd had told um, the Texas AD no. And the only problem with that is he didn't actually ask Coach Broyles if he was interested or not. And so at that point, you know, Coach Broyles was was uh, kind of a man on the mission. Like, look, I want my assistant coaches when I become a head coach to always have an opportunity to uh, better themselves or to, you know, take the next step and, and become a head coach. Um, And so when he left and went to Missouri, um, he was there for a year. And then when he went to Arkansas, uh, the first coach he hired uh, was a guy by the name of Wilson Matthews, who at the time was the winningest coach in high school history for the state of Arkansas. I think he had won like 10 straight state championships. Uh, He had won, he had had like a 33 game winning streak at one point during those 11 years he was there. And so when you look at the trophy, of all these coaches that that Coach Broyles had underneath him, and I'm talking, you know, Lou Holtz, Jimmy Johnson, Hayden Fry, Johnny Majors, Barry Switzer, Joe Gibbs, Jackie Sherrill, Pat Jones, he could have had any of these coaches on the trophy. He chose Wilson Matthews, who was his first hire and who was a high school coach. Uh, And so that's the significance of of how we get into the high school level and how, you know, we educate coaches on the importance of, you know, really pushing your assistant coaches uh, to, to to be better to become better and to and to stay great and you know to pursue their dreams you know and and I, I tell head coaches you know look push your coaches in, into achieving their dreams reaching for them if they if they if their uh, you know goal is to be a head coach help them get there you know, they may not be ready. It may take them two or three years to be ready, but but make sure they're doing everything they can to get there. And and that may be, you know, hey, look, you know, go go do an interview to be a head coach, you know, so you can understand what that looks like. You know, the questions that will be asked, you prepare them for it, but they may not get it. But at least they're going through those opportunities. You know, the other side of it is, is you may have coaches who never want to be a head coach. You know, I, I look back at um, we've got some winners this past year in Texas. Uh, Paul Willingham uh, and Ennis and Sam Harrell's his head coach. And those guys have been together for years. He's been at Ennis for 30 plus years, never wanting to be a head coach. He loves his position as defensive coordinator. And you're going to have those. I mean, you look at the guy at Iowa, uh, Phil Parker, who's been under, you know, Kirk Ferentz. I mean, he's, he's been there for years. I mean, he followed his, his dad. His dad was there. And so, but, but, but Phil, you know, has never, you know, maybe wanted that opportunity to be a head coach. And so he's, he's very loyal to his head coach. And, you know, you find your niche, you find out what you want to be and but, but you still encourage them to pursue their dreams, even if it's not be a head coach, but you know, they want to be a lifelong assistant. Great. What does that look like? What does that entail?
0: I'm going to play the devil's advocate a little bit here because you have the advantage of getting to meet all of these great coaches and you get to meet the best of the best. There's a lot of coaches out there who don't have that mindset as a head coach of, I want to train the assistant coaches to to go on to greatness instead it is i found a great assistant coach i don't want him to leave because that puts me in a hole how do you how do you encourage those those coaches to have that growth mindset attitude of i want to support the people around me rather than think about my own personal welfare and that may not be a fair question for you to ask because you're not in that (laughs) position but you were an athletic director and, and this does happen, and and you know some co- some assistant coaches may not be eligible for your award because they're not they're not nominated by their head coach because, as you've talked to me before, you win this award, you're you're on the path to head coach sooner rather than later. How do you yes. kind of overcome that? So the interesting thing is you know because
1: because college and high school. While they're still named the Borals Award, it comes completely different because at the college level, your head coach nominates you, and then and then it's voted on by former you know Hall of Fame coaches, uh, media, mm-hmm. and then at the high school level, your head coaches have to nominate you, which is which is accurate, but then it's selected by current head coaches in your state. So so we don't we don't we don't actually pick the winners, uh, you know from from anywhere. What we say is here's what we look for in an assistant coach, you know, honor, integrity, uh, you know, loyalty. Um, Those are the qualities that that we say, Hey, if you want to be a head coach, like you need to have these characteristics. But the other part of it is, you know, the winners, especially at the high school level, what we encourage the state associations is, you know, pick someone who has taken a, either, you know, if they're an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator or D line or, you know, whatever they've taken, over at a, at a school in their position and have turned it around, or they have just been so dominating that it, it's just, you know, it seems like it's unfair at times because, you know, you're just going up against a juggernaut. And so, you know, what I would encourage coaches who maybe, you know, don't have the opportunity is that it, it, it's okay, but but you still want to pursue your dreams. You know, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and says, man, I want to win the Brawls Award. I, I mean, I mean, you know, I I, I, don't, I don't think know about that that, that – I don't don't think that that's their, you know, now at the college level, I think it's in some contracts and, you know, over the, over the 26 years, I think some of these guys are like, you know, if I get nominated, they get a bonus. If I win, I get a, they get a bonus. And, you know, I I don't know if we'll ever see it at the high school level, uh, you know, when when they start, uh, you know, selecting coaches, but you know, I I think that their ultimate goal is where is that? Do you want to be a head coach? Do you want to just be an assistant? Okay find a great coach that you can get under. And sometimes you don't, right? You, you, it takes time. Maybe you don't get under a good head coach. and Well, you, it,
0: there may be a lesson there in what you're saying too, which is you may not get under that great coach, but that doesn't mean you should stay there. And no. sometimes we, we find that assistant coaches feel like they're trapped because as a high school coach, maybe it's related to geographic location or, um, the the subject that I teach in schools, et cetera, I can't get out. And and really, there is there is an argument here that in order to be truly successful at what you do, you need to find leadership that wants the same thing as you.
1: That is a hundred percent accurate. And listen, I, I you know I've I've seen coaches, and I have friends who you know feel like they're stuck. You know, mm-hmm. this is years ago that they're, they're stuck at a school. Um, and, and, you know, what I encourage them is like, look, it's not the end of the world. You know, you learn from those, those times that you're there and and you're preparing yourself for when that opportunity comes and you get to move on and you get to take it, you know, what not to become and, and what leadership should not look like. And, and instead, you, you know, what leadership should look like. And now, when you take coaches under your wings, you can say, "I don't want you to have to go through what I went through." Here's 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 how we you know here's how we make it right. better. And, and and I get it. Look, you know, I was fortunate enough as I was moving up the ranks um, to to coach under some guys. You know, that they may have not been successful, they may have not won games, but they were great men. You know, that they were great leaders. And 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 there's just there's more of them out there that are not. You know, I will say that. You know, yes, you're right. I have met a lot of great guys. Uh, you know, this past December, when when we had the high school Bowls award in Little Rock, uh, can, in conjunction with the college one, man, I met some great guys. Uh, you know, Scott Goolsby from Alabama, Brandon Dean from Alabama, Brian Nix from from Tennessee. I mean, these are, uh, you know, Paul Willingham, uh, you know, from uh, from Texas, and um, man, these these guys. Uh, are, are just absolutely. And there's more, I, I know I'm leaving some names out. And so I, but are these are great men, you know, like Brian Nix is already a head coach, but you know, yes, you, you can look at him and say they've won a bunch of games when he was defensive coordinator, I think 15 straight state championships. But, but when, 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 when I meet Brian Nix, what I see is a family man who loves his family more than anything, um, who happens to be a great football coach. And that the same thing with, with all the guys that I've mentioned that, Man, a lot of these guys are family men,
0: you know, who well, put me, their families first. Let me ask you then: We're we're talking about assistant coaches in particular. You you've been around a lot of great ones over the last few years. What are the characteristics that you see in these these coaches that that make them stand out from from just your average coach, assistant coach?
1: I, you know, I, it, it was it was funny. So, um, um, Scott Jarvis, who's our who's our chairman of the High School Worlds Award, we were in Iowa a couple weeks ago, and we met Matt Campbell and Kirk Ferentz, you know, Iowa and Iowa State head coach, you know, and, and Phil Parker, we, we met him. The thing that stood out about those guys is is when, when you take all the noise away, you take away the 80,000 people on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday night and you take away the media, they're normal guys who just – love to talk about family and football and, 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 you know, the excitement around it. And yes, you know, they get paid lots of money and, and, you know, to win games, but at the end of the day that they're human beings, mm-hmm. you know, they're just normal. They live normal lives outside of the football world. Um, you know, they have kids just like we do uh, and, and they have friends and, you know, at the end of the day, they're just great human beings. Uh, they have a lot of integrity. Like I said earlier, a lot of loyalty, um you know a lot of um you know the, if you ever heard of john wooden's pyramid of success you know that they, they share a lot of those qualities you know they they're, they're hard workers at, at what they do right they're loyal they develop the friendships they um you know it all work up to that competitive greatness they're very good at what they do obviously and so i mean those are the things that you can you know you don't have to put the pyramid of success right there and look at it but but you can look at that and say Each of these coaches possess those qualities, Um, and and they may have never heard of the the pyramid of success. They may not know the qualities that are in there, but I can tell you this. um, Anytime they they walk into a a practice or whatever, uh, those kids are their focal point to make sure that they are growing young men. Um, and, and, it doesn't have to be just men. I mean, we're talking about assistant coaches in volleyball and, and, you know, women's basketball, softball. I mean, any, they're making sure that those young men and women are being developed the right way so that when they get out into society, when they're out of high school and college that, you know, they, they know how to, um, you know, be a great human being out there and,
0: uh, you know, and now
1: start teaching others how to do that.
0: I was recently talking to, to a head coach who who told me that some sometimes there is the challenge as a head coach that your assistant coaches can can be too ambitious maybe not respecting the head coach as much or defending the head coach as much because that may give them an opportunity to to step up Uh, this is maybe more prevalent in college and pro where players may have a little more influence than in high school where the players can force a change, uh, et cetera. Do you, do you have any recommendations for really head coaches in this situation working with assistant coaches to to ensure that they get the support they need without having to feel like, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in a rut here. My head coach isn't doing their job. I need to do something. Otherwise I'm going to be stuck here too.
1: Yeah, look, I, <laughs> you know, when I was an athletic director and we would hire coaches, uh, sometimes it didn't work out, right? Mm-hmm. It just, it didn't. You got to find those coaches that buy into your, into your vision, into your mission, into what you're you're trying to accomplish. Uh, and the harsh reality is, is if they don't, then, then they need to go. I mean, I, I hate to say that. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, that's a human being at the other end of it. But, you know, if you're the head coach, everything falls on you. Doesn't matter how the kids behave, how they act, how they go out and produce, um, how they, you know, how they not produce, but how they, um, you know, compete, uh, whether it's in practice, whether it's in the game, you you know, you have to look at that and say, okay, you know, this is what we're trying to build. And any assistant coach that goes back to the loyalty, the assistant coach, if, if, if they don't have the same vision, well, they have they have one of two options. One, they can go find a coach that shares their vision, or two, they can say, you know what, hey, I'm going to learn because maybe I can learn something new, and and, and I'm going to buy into what he's doing, right? If you don't have complete buy-in into your program, you're not going to be successful, right? You're not you're not going to sustain uh, that trajectory. And you know, I look at some of these coaches that I've met over the last two years. You know, you, you buy into the system. I look at a coach like. Todd Dodge, who was at Austin Westlake, of course he was um, at uh, Southlake Carroll for years uh, in Texas. Won state championships, went on to North Texas, went went down to uh, back went back down to the high school level. So he ended up at Austin Westlake. His his assistant coach from two years ago, Tony Salazar, won the Texas you know high school Bros award. Well, uh, uh, Coach Dodge just retired, so there's a transition to Coach Salazar. Well, he's going to do things a little bit different because he's a different person. But sure. but but the structure is still the same, right? I mean, it, you know, you, you find a coach that builds that structure. He builds the the, the base, the, the foundation, um, and, and if that sound foundation is solid, um, then as an assistant, you either buy into that and and become a part of it, or, or you find yourself, you know, looking for something different. And 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 I hate that because I hate you know, and it was never easy to, to let a coach go under any circumstance. But at the end of the day. It's just like athletes, right? If an athlete doesn't buy into what you're trying to do, do they stay on the team, you know, or or, or or do they have to find something else to do? And so that, you know, that's that's the that's the thing that I think is the most challenging for coaches is, you know, because I never cut athletes. I just I just never at the high school level, you know, it, 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 you know, now they didn't make varsity, but I never cut somebody because if they wanted to be out there, let them be out there. Um, you know, but varsity was always reserved for those athletes who can, uh, you know, play at a high level and, 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 you know, achieve competitive greatness. And because at the end of the day, when you line up at a varsity level and you play another team, guess what that team's trying to do? Beat you. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the JV level, not so much at the sub varsity, like, look, let's, let's give everybody a chance to get in there. Um, you know, as long as they're wanting to push themselves, as long as they're trying, as long as they're, uh, and that's the same thing with coaches. You know, we I always ask coaches when you go into practice, you treat every practice like it's the practice right before a game um, as you sustain and you build because you listen, if you have an off practice, guess who else has an off practice? The kids. If a coach goes in there and his mind's not in, you know, he's not engaging and he's not um, on on task of what needs to be done, then you know what? Then 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 the team you know suffers through that as well.
0: Uh, question for you in the chat box, if I can pull it up here from Belford. How would you define, quote, being loyal in the context of being an assistant coach? Does being loyal to yourself ever ever trump what the head coach may think is loyal? And if so, how would an assistant coach navigate that environment while not bruising relationships that can help him or her in the future? And I I would add that you talked about at the beginning of this show about relationships and how important they are. That sometimes as an assistant coach, you're forced to to maybe put your values and your morals above those of the head coach which can have a huge knock on effect in your career when you perhaps get blacklisted for standing up for something that you perceived as being unjust or unjust good question I, I, that
1: is a great question um, there's so many levels to that because you know when i say loyal and loyalty. Absolutely. Right. It, it, but, but at the same time, a good head coach has an open door to reserve their assistants can come to them with, with a, 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 concern, a problem they perceive and have those conversations. And if, if, if your, your head coach isn't allowing that, doesn't mean that you come to an agreement. I mean, I always, always had assistant coaches who said, Hey, you know, I, I think we should try this now. I think, you know, maybe, uh, you know the question is along the lines of if something maybe is unethical, um, you know, or, or you know, seen as you know, hey, this, we shouldn't be doing this. Um, I, I think you know you're right. The fear of being blacklisted affects coaches' ability, uh, coaches' abilities to, to maybe say, all right, hey, this is what I should be doing. This is what I should do. I should have that conversation. Um, that that's a tough that's a tough choice to make, and it is a choice that that each coach in those situations has to make, and it's not the same to every coach, you know, the hope is, is that, um, you know, not necessarily rewarded, but that when you make the right choice, uh, you know, and you can feel good about yourself, you know, you're not regretting, you know, man, I wish I'd have said something at that time.
0: Well, I think Um, there's a, there's a ethical situation here because you're, if you're an assistant coach and you, see something maybe that's that's unethical that is brushed under the carpet so to speak and maybe you decide okay it's time for me not to be part of this program you leave that program and you go to a different program where your values and morals fit better that doesn't change the fact that that head coach continues to do what may be immoral or or unethical in that old position and this is this is a real interesting situation i think for assistant coaches because if they do speak out in that school college wherever there is there is there are a lot of ramifications associated with that if they leave those problems aren't hidden or they continue to be hidden and then what happens and what i'm seeing time and time again is that head coach maybe gets to a high level And scandals erupt all of a sudden where Mm -hmm. these coaches are resigning. They're getting fired because of abuse, uh, et cetera, which you, I mean, you would think have to have been happening throughout their career. They don't just instantly become somebody who hurls emotional abuse at players. That assistant coach is probably the one who knows, but is also in a position of fear because if I do speak out, I need to get a different job outside of coaching because I may never get another hire again.
1: Listen, there, there is this world that we live in. Um, there, there really is, um, there are, there are tough choices that, that coaches have to make assistant coaches, head coaches, administrators, you know, you look at all the, the universities that went through stuff. If an assistant coach had said something, does that stop? Now, does that does that coach ever get to coach again? Mm-hmm. You know, that and and as hard as those decisions are, you know, Tim, at the end of the day, that decision lies within that coach's own conscience. Mm-hmm. And and they have to make that decision. You know, d- do I say what needs to be said and risk not being able to coach again, but knowing that I made the right decision? Or as you say, do I not say anything? I look for the next opportunity that I can know that there's, it's a, you know, that we're not going to have issues like that and brush it under the rug. At the end of the day, this is, this is where I go back to. It's about relationships and, and developing those relationships. And when you're a coach, what, what, what coaches I hope understand is even at the college level and more so at the high school level, those parents are entrusting you with their child, you know, and, and, I take that as is the greatest um, compliment, you know. That that a parent says, you know, yes, you, you know, you're going to play for this coach, you know, they're they're going to take care of you. Um, it, I I just think that coaches have to look at that, and even at the college level, you have to think about it at the college level. Yes, the kid, the kids, those athletes, and you know, with NIL, that that's a whole other ballgame now. But you know, at the end of the day, that's still somebody's child mm-hmm. that is is coming onto your campus and is under your care. 24 seven, pretty much. And yes, they're adults. Yes. They're over 18. Yes. They can make decisions, but you and I both know 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds sometimes don't really make the best decisions.
0: Hey, I think the age keeps going up. I don't think it's stopped there. <laughs> and, and so,
1: you know, and that's, and that's where, you know, like I would love, you know, when I tell coaches or when I talk to coaches, young coaches, you know, find a coach that, you know, has a great, um, you know, they've been around for a long time. You know, their their reputation is is, is unbelievable and coaches want to coach for them. You know, find those coaches. You, you, you're right. You don't always get to coach for them, uh, but but stay in contact with them. You know, maybe an opening comes up. You know, don't give up on that. It, you know, maybe you have to go somewhere for a year or two. Uh, but always stay in touch with that coach, whether it's at the trade shows, you know, Hey coach, you know, Hey, good year. Uh, You know, really enjoy watching your team play, build those relationships. It's in the day it's, it's, it's it's about relationships and how you develop those and how you build those. um, You know, I think can really, really take coaches uh, to the next level of of being that great coach and don't abuse the relationships, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, um, those those times that uh, you know I can remember as an athletic director, I had to make tough decisions. Love the kid, love the parents. The, you know, kids make bad decisions. There, there's consequences. Be true to those. You know, be true to your word, and and th- th- that I think goes a long way toward building, uh, you know, those relationships. And and the other aspect that I would tell you, all the all the coaches that have won uh, at the high school girls' award level, because I've gotten to know them really well. Is they value family? They value family. They value family time. They they value spending time with their kids, with their spouse, and 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 if if you show that to your players on what that looks like, um, then then I think that's you know one of many great steps uh, toward developing young men and women. On you know, hey, this is what you can be a great coach. You can spend a lot of time coaching, but but understanding the value of um, you know. Uh, the relationship I, I someone tweeted out I, I don't know if it's I can't, I read it somewhere uh, a coach said that too many coaches are chasing you know championship rings and, and they lose you know the, the wedding ring and you know what, what I would encourage coaches is you know value um, you know the, the time that you have with your family you know when I was an athletic director growing up not growing up when I was an athletic director for 13 years I, I can tell you one of the things that that, that you know, I, I didn't do as well was spending time with the family and with the kids. And and that's something that you, you just don't get back. Right. I mean, you, your kids grow up at some point and then, and then that's it, they're gone. Uh, and so, you know, those are the type of things that I encourage coaches, young coaches, you know, who maybe aren't married at the time and they're trying to pursue that's fine, you know, pursue your dreams. Um, but, but, you know, when, when you start having families and, and things like that, value that too. Uh, and, and, and emulate that to your players and show them that, uh, you know, spending time with family is very important.
0: Well, Clayton, I want to be cognizant of your time and, and want to say a big thank you for, for being part of this. If somebody does have a question watching this in future or listening to the podcast, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: Uh, j- just my email, Clayton at uh, highschoolbrollsaward.com. Uh, you know and and you know the, the foundation that helps uh, you know the award helps the foundation that, that my wife and mother-in-law, uh, the Broyles Foundation, um, you know if they have questions about that, uh, you know caregiving, uh, they they absolutely can reach out to me and I will get them in touch with them. Uh, that's one of the things that the, the Broyles Foundation, I know we didn't talk much about the foundation but but you know the, the foundation was started by uh, coach Broyles. He, he lost his his first wife to Alzheimer's and then he uh, died from it as well in 2017. And the foundation w- was started so that uh, families who, are, who have loved ones who are going through Alzheimer's or dementia, uh, it, you know, man, they have a um, – it's, it's a playbook that – I don't know if you can see it, but uh, it's a playbook that was um, uh, written by Coach Burroughs and, and my mother-in-law uh, who – I mean, it's a game plan, right? Coaches understand game plans. That's, I mean, that's, this was written by a coach, and it, it, it can help coaches – uh, families who who are dealing with this, I mean, it's 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 very easy to to read and walk through. But they also provide that. Uh, my wife Molly and my uh, my mother in law Betsy, they provide that one on one care at no cost. At no cost. I mean that that's what you know. That's the beauty of of uh, being able to to be a part of this award and the foundation is you're helping people. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're an athletic director, when you're a coach, you're helping people. Um, And that you know, able to continue through this and while I don't coach anymore, uh, you know, being able to meet these coaches is, is absolutely uh, wonderful. And, you know, I, I would encourage any assistant coach who, uh, you know, has questions or, or head coaches. I mean, absolutely reach out. Um, you know, listen, I know any head coaches who are looking for great assistant coaches. I know a bunch of them. Um, now whether they're willing to move or anything like that, you know, that's another story, but you, never know. Uh, you, you know, you, you never know. And, um, and that's part of why I got into this, you know, when I, when I was an athletic director, what I missed most about it was the camaraderie with the coaches, the coaching staff. Um, you know, I, I used to, um, love spending time with coaches, whether it was just sitting around the office uh, talking about, you know, upcoming games, or, and I never, you know, I never, to my knowledge, and I may have coaches who may challenge me on that, but I, to my knowledge, never told a coach, Hey, you think you, you ought to try this player, I'd try this player. At the end of the day, you know, let the coaches do their jobs, uh, and and that's what uh, any any assistant coach who wants to be a head coach. Listen, I I can help uh, provide answers for that. You know, I interviewed a lot of uh, head coach people who wanted to be head coaches, and so uh, questions to, to look to look forward to, or you know, what to be prepared for. Absolutely, reach out. Love to help out um, any any way uh,
0: any way we can. Well, thank you. And, and just a reminder, everybody, that we try to do these interviews once every couple of weeks. So be sure to check in. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, liked Facebook, followed Twitter, all of those social media um, opportunities, be sure to do so. But on behalf of myself, Tim Baghurst and Clayton Harrell, thanks so much for watching.